0: Growing your business is tough, but don't worry, we've got you covered. We interview industry experts on how they've solved their most challenging business problems in SaaS or e-commerce. No fluff, just step-by-step playbooks to help you dominate your market and crush the competition. This is the How We Solve Podcast. Here's your host. Hey, everyone. Dave here with the How We Solve podcast. I am chatting today with Jimmy Rose, Mr. Jimmy Rose from JimmyRose.com and the founder of Content Snare. Jimmy, how are you doing? I'm good, Dave. How are you? I'm doing well. We have already been talking about the fact that you're in Australia, that uh, you're an early riser, that I'm struggling to get up before nine. So we've already broken the ice uh, quite well. We haven't really talked anything, you know, business or professional yet. We have been on a podcast before, though, and you were interviewing me, and now you've given me the privilege of interviewing you. So let's see what we would like to chat about today. Well, first, of course, I'd love to hear a little bit about you and your story and sort of how you got in this throne of the How We Solve podcast.
1: <laughs> oh that's awesome i think you explained it pretty well i got here by interviewing you first and then asked...
0: <laughs> always a good strategy yeah, right? a very underappreciated strategy is interview the host that's how you do it. yeah
1: you know what i didn't actually know you had a podcast at the time but um you know it is something i often do if someone if i realize someone's got a podcast i'll ask to go on it because it's a great way to get in front of people and I mean, just build relationships. I'm not going to lie. That's the the big thing. It's just so good when you're in people's ear for that amount of time. But if we back up a bit, I founded a product called Content Snare, which is used predominantly by marketing agencies to collect information from clients. So in that client onboarding stage, they get all the information. It could be website content, it could be copy, it could be images, assets, whatever. It's a central platform to collect all of that. And then on the side, I started jimmyrose.me, by the way, you said .com. I have still not got that damn thing. (laughs) But uh, yeah, that's just a side gig about productivity and automation because I love saving time and, and now I love helping other people save time.
0: Cool. I should have known because I am also Dave Schneider.me. I was not able to get Dave Schneider.com. That is owned by like a comedian or something. Yeah. Uh, like a, you know, a C lister <laughs> on, on, <laughs> on the comedian level. No offense. No offense. Of course. That's great. I love the strategy of being on podcasts, by the way. I actually was, I heard of someone today who went on over 2,000. They said it is their main. Go to strategy. And it really is all about building relationships. I know you know a thing about building relationships because after I appeared on your podcast, you sent me the nicest coaster I think I've ever received. It had the shortlist, that's my marketing agency logo ingrained on it. I feel like we should address this. This is something special. When did you start doing this? What made you inspired? How'd you come up with the idea?
1: I love sending gifts to people. It is just great. It's fun, weirdly. I don't know. And One thing I learned a long time ago is that you don't send gifts with your own branding on them because they're not going to get used. Like, I mean, I can, not that I really ever have, we send out coasters with the content snare brand when people sign up, but that's because, you know, they have to be fairly cheap because otherwise (laughs) we'd break the bank. Right. But, but with like relationship building type stuff, you can afford to splurge out a bit more. When you put someone's own brand on something, it's way more likely to get used. And even though, that, like, they'll still remember that you sent it. So, like, I, I think um I originally got the idea or whatever from Giftology. It's .com. It's a book. You know, he talks about steak knives. Not steak knives. That's too... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that it sounds funny. Proper kitchen knives, you know, like really good ones that you cut stuff up with, like when you're preparing a meal. And he would give those to people. And they would always remember that he gave it to them and he'd get messages like, I can't get you out of my head <laughs> every time I cut my damn food. So that's kind of where the whole, you know, putting someone else's brand and like, it's so obvious when like it's sad that I needed someone else to tell me that, but like, it's so obvious. And if you give them something that's practical, like a coaster sits on their desk that has got their own brand on it. It's like a nice thick wooden thing. You know, I've got one of my own with our brand on it and it, just looks nice and it feels good to have your, your brand there.
0: It does. Yeah, I love it. I think it's a great strategy, podcast guest, customer, of course, a uh, loyal customer would be a great one. And while you were speaking, I had to cancel the shortlist coasters that I was sending you because, yeah, you know, <laughs> I didn't want to put the my brand on it. Of course, that would be silly. <laughs> Honestly, I'm an
1: exception, man. I have, like, <laughs> coasters everywhere. I would happily put shortlist coasters on my desk.
0: Cheers. Okay, great. <laughs> I have to ask, do you shower your, your wife with as many gifts as you do your podcast guests?
1: <laughs> oh, God, I hope she's not <laughs> listening to this because, no, I'm not much of a gifter for my wife. We don't. I mean, like, for normal date, like, you know, if we're talking about, like, flowers and that kind of stuff, we're just not into that, you know, like. It's pretty much a try to get her something really nice for events or whatever, like birthdays and Christmas. You know, occasionally I go, you know what, I should buy her something. If she mentions it, yeah, I'm not. We're not much much of one for like chocolates because we try to be healthy, or like flowers because they just go to waste. And like, yeah, I think I found a good one like that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I do. I hear you on that one. I also try to keep the gifts in moderation. You know, you don't want to send yeah. the wrong message. You know, a man who gifts too much. <laughs> is likely having an affair. I mean, wow. <laughs> at least that's how I have, how I have been uh, told what I've learned.
1: Yeah, well, it's almost like what it is. It's, you've got a big bunch of flowers. It's like, what did you do wrong? <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, okay, let's get relevant. Let's take it back to relevance. So I know you to be somewhat of a you know, productivity automation guru. I know that no one is born that way. It is something that they become and is usually something they become after finding themselves very time crunched. So tell us a little bit about, you know, your history in terms of, you know, what you're working on. Maybe, you know, at the time you might have sort of felt stressed and sort of how you got into the space of just being that type of a productivity fanatic.
1: Yeah, so I guess I was specially poised for getting into automation, mostly because my day job back in the day was an automation engineer, which is, uh, you know, not automation as in like business automation, workflow automation, as in like industrial equipment automation. Ever since leaving that, I've been kind of, you know, I love the work. So the ability to, the, the fact that I get to automate in a different way now, which is like using tools like Zapier or whatever, like to automate workflows. It's kind of a fix for me. <laughs> but um, I hit a breaking point, I don't know, maybe five years ago or so now, when we were running in digital agency. So we did websites and marketing, you know, pretty classic full service type thing. And I think a lot of agencies can relate to this. I mean, a lot of business owners can where they're just working so much and it just gets to be way too much, right? Like you're doing all these things constantly. And then you got to try and hire to take some of the load off, but hiring in itself is difficult and takes a lot of your time. (laughs) So that's kind of the position I found myself in where I was just so overworked. And I hit a breaking point where I was just like, I need to fix this. And I kind of went like a pendulum swing. You know, I had no automation through to like just going crazy and just, I would pay for anything that would save me a bit of time. And over the course of six months, I got my life back under control. And, you know, now I guess it's more reasonable in the amount of things I sign up for, as long as, you know, I guess I have a, It's fixed my view of how I pay for software. You know, I used to just be like, oh, 30 bucks a month. I can't afford that. Well, no, now it's 30 bucks a month. Will that save me at least an hour? Yep. Okay. Then it's worth it. So that's kind of the story of how I got into it. And, you know, and specifically in workflow automation, a big part of saving time is is automating repetitive tasks and things that can be anything that can be automated to save you time with a tool like Zapier. You know, I guess we should probably quickly dig into what Zapier is (laughs) for people that don't know.
0: Yes, but we absolutely will. But I'm curious before we get too much into the specifics. In your opinion, there are a lot of kind of stressed out business owners, people lacking in time. I mean, how much do you think that is That because there is that much work to do, or is it just kind of problems with time management and lack of automation?
1: Oh, man, I think time management and just personal productivity, really big components to this. I think that's where you were going with that. It's you're right.
0: That exactly the subtleness I was hinting at.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I've seen (laughs) very subtle. I remember, so I'm in the Dynamite Circle community and have done a bit of traveling with digital nomads and other online business owners. And I have often seen people that are just like, you know, we're like trying to go and check out some cool tourist attraction or whatever. And they're like, oh no, I just got to do two more hours work. And the work I see them, uh, to me, it's sad, right? First off, it's just sad. It's just like, we you know, we're in this cool place and, you know, you talk about being able to travel all the time because you're a digital nomad, but then they can't do anything. To me, from what I could observe, it all seemed to stem from just uh, doing the wrong work or uh, just not being very productive with their time. Yeah. And it just... It was sad to me.
0: Yeah, I, a hundred percent I've, I've witnessed that so many times where I talk to people yeah, and they're, they're busy and they can't, yeah, I was a digital nomad myself for a number of years and yet yeah, they can't come out and play in Bali and you're kind of like, Hey, what's going on? And they're doing a lot of tasks that software has been invented for, or that a, you know, relatively respectfully low level hire could be performing, or just actually is kind of a waste of time and like, isn't really moving the needle. And I think that some of it is sort of this, we like to justify our worth, our place in the business, sort of our identity of as an entrepreneur that we're like super busy, you know, in the same way that I think a lot of people like to talk about how little they sleep, you know, it's a little bit of a badge of, of, of honor to kind of say, I don't really sleep that much. And I'm super busy and I have a lot of work. So it sounds like that is, you know, consistent with with your experience as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's easy to fall into a trap of needing to do a lot of work. Like I found myself back in there. I realized how bad it got literally last week. If i stop work before five o'clock sometimes, or like if I take too big a break in the middle of the day, I feel bad, you know, and it's, I found it creeping back in that mindset where I need to be working till five. Cause I, I still pretty much do the nine to five thing mostly because all of my friends and my wife do just to fit in with everyone else. And like, I don't mind concentrating that, that work time into the same time as them. But when it becomes like, you must work this time, I think that's unhealthy. And that's why this week, I'm actually kind of just chilling. I'm working on lower level tasks, you know, taking way more breaks.
0: Nice on this podcast, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> exactly right yeah very cool (laughs) all right let's get into a few specifics we have made some bold claims here that people do not need to be working as much as they are doing so i'd love to hear you know from your experience maybe one or a couple tasks that you automated that you felt you know saved you some time even even if it wasn't a monumental amount of time what were some of the things maybe using zapier for example talk about what that software is what it does that you know helped you get to where you are
1: sure at a basic level Zapier, most workflow automation tools have like a trigger and an action kind of thing. So, and that means when this happens, do this thing. So that could be like when a contact form is submitted on your website, add the person to your CRM. Really basic example that pretty much everyone can understand. And then you can take that to just the next level. Like you can do multiple things. And one of my favorites, which isn't like a huge time saver, but if someone, you know, this happens when you came on my podcast, right? So you would have booked in and entered a bunch of your information or, you know, whoever was booking you in entered a bunch of information. It says when that information submitted, create a templated Google doc, which is my run sheet. It's got your name. It's got the episode number. It's got, you know, the things I need to do in the intro. It's got our talking points that come from the submission. And then it drops that into my to-do list. So the action, the, the trigger there is, you know, Dave has submitted the form and the actions are create a google document and drop it into my to-do list so then i have the link right there to that google doc i go okay look there's everything i need so like you know very five minutes before the show i can just have a quick run through and i'm ready to go that automation i guess shows kind of the power of what's possible without being like, you know, it's only one guest a week or whatever. So it's not crazy, but it does save me a lot of time. And it's good knowing, sorry, it's good knowing that I don't have to do that. It's all just taken care of. That's the big thing is the mindset behind this.
0: The mindset is the key thing, because like what you just mentioned there is what I think other people will point to as a reason to not bother, which is, oh, it's just one guest a week or something like that. And it's just 10 to 15 minutes, but like 15 minutes a week is an hour a month. And how many of those types of just 15 minute a week tasks are we doing right now? And how many hours a month is that? And is that five or is it 10 hours a month? Is that a round of golf? Is that time with your wife? Is that something that you could be doing that isn't just kind of updating spreadsheets and sending someone a follow up or an email that could more or less be automated? I think that's the mindset that people need to sort of think about that. Yes, there is a time and a place where it maybe doesn't make sense to try to like, you know, save an extra 30 seconds or something. But we should set the bar low, I think, in terms of, you know, what we feel we should automate, right?
1: Yeah. And I mean, I can tell you how much it can save you in the long run. And I guess I, the way I look at it is like investing, you know, you put money into something and you expect that you get a return and then eventually, you know, you pay back your initial investment plus more. That is the same concept with automation to me, right? Like it might take you 60 minutes to automate something. You know, these days, like that podcast automation, for me to set that up now, we're talking 30 minutes max, like probably 20 or less. You know, you get better with this over time. So it even on that side of things, the the time investment becomes lower, you know, like drops as you as you get better at this, at the start, it might take you a little while. But let's say it saves you 15 minutes a week, whatever it is, it takes you an hour, maybe two, let's say two hours the first time because you haven't done this before. That's still eight weeks, two months before you've paid that back completely. And then you've got free 15 minutes forever, right? Which again, 15 minutes doesn't sound like much. But if you do this with all the different things that you do in your business that can be automated, it adds up. And my Zapier account now is running something like 14,000 tasks a month. Wow. And if you calculate that at like 30 seconds a task, let's say, you know, it's still like 120 hours a month. That's a whole person, basically.
0: Yeah. It's someone that you may have thought to hire to handle all of that stuff that now you don't, that you just run out of that tool. And since we've mentioned it so many times, I feel like number one, I should probably spell it. It's like Z A P ier.com and essentially just to be 100% clear, it is essentially an in-between tool. It's like a tool that connects usually like two other tools, like your Gmail and a spreadsheet or Mailshake, which is like an outreach software and uh, whatever type form or something, I don't know. And basically it allows you to set up these rules. Like you mentioned, if something happens in one software or in one area, then do this. I use it. I think it's a great tool. I know there are other things out there. I've heard of like, if then that, like ifttt.com or something kind of similar, but yeah, something we should all be taking a look at. And I think just on the topic of, of automation, you know, I think there's a lot of conversations about efficiency, which is like doing something quickly and efficiently, but not enough about whether or not we should be doing this at all. And that's really kind of where automation kind of comes in. And I encourage anyone who's listening as a little bit of a, what should I call, I don't know, like a whiteboard task or something, sort of keep track of what you do in a day, in a week, if you can. How much time do you spend on it? Don't change up any of your current approach to anything at all. And then look back at that week and then investigate whether or not this can be automated. And you may not know like all the tools and stuff that that could be used, but it is worth the time to, to learn and say, should I really be doing this? Can I automate this? You know, that's the type of stuff. I think. Hopefully you agree. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, 100%. I think one of the best places to start with any productivity you know, or time management is to track time for a couple of weeks. You know, For me, I, I try to go more than a week just because I don't have like a weekly routine that really stays the same. I like to go actually record for a while, and then I can look back and go, okay, this is where my time's going. But then it's more than just like, what should I automate? Like there are some tasks that you shouldn't automate and you shouldn't even do at all. You know, there's a lot of stuff that you're probably doing that doesn't need to be done. You know, i got a whiteboard here that everyone's probably heard of The One Thing, which is a really popular book. And it's like, you know, what's the one thing I can do such that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary. Like that's the kind of thing that you should be working on. And Right now, like my focus is content marketing, I've decided. So everything else... You know partnerships and whatever that I used to spend a lot of time on, I'm just like, no, that's going on a someday list so to get it off my head out of my head, sorry, and then I work on whatever my focus happens to be. And the biggest productivity hack I can give anyone is the word no. so whether that's to a client that you don't want to take on or to a task that you shouldn't be doing, so uh, yeah, I yeah I, and that's not you know I stole that off someone else and I was like, that is powerful.
0: It is a good one, though. Yeah, sort of, you know, uh, Derek uh, Sivers, you know, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no or that type of a thing. But you're totally right about that. So here's a question of, well, questionable relevance, which is what do you do with the extra time? You know, what do you do with all the, the time that you've saved?
1: Well, that's up to you. So <laughs> I tend to fill it with other stuff. But it also, you know, like, again, that, there's that mindset of having to work until five o'clock or whatever. So I had a second, I guess, breaking point where I realized something was wrong with my life. When I got a call on, you know, it was like a Thursday or something from a friend who always waits until the last minute to tell me he's coming to town. And I hadn't seen him for probably six months. And he's like, literally, I'm at the airport, which is a 10 minute drive from my house. I'm going to, you know, my other friend's house. Would you like to come and play board games and drink all day? And my brain is just like, oh, Thursday, I got to do work, whatever. And then I went there. And I was checking my phone, checking emails, like, you know, feeling like I had to do stuff all day. Well, I got to the end of that and I was like, holy crap, like this is the entire reason I got into business is so I can do things like this and not feel guilty. And here I am just like being a crap friend. So that was another breaking point for me when I, and I've sort of worked on that a lot. And the, the relevance here is that I feel like automation is one of the things that helps you just think, okay, stuff is still being done while I'm at the gym or like hanging out with my friends. You know, you've hired the right team, you've got team in place, your automations are running, like things are happening even without you there. And it can help you squash that feeling that you constantly need to be working. I think they call that entrepreneurial guilt.
0: That's great. That's exactly where I was hoping you would take this. Is why I asked the question because I think an easy answer, sort of a cop out answer, is well, I just do other work. But then, is that work really a priority? You know, is that work that really needs to be done? And the answer should be, yeah. That well, number one, maybe that you're just enjoying your free time. That you've kind of like uh, that you're hanging out with a friend, or you're having a cup of tea, or whatever it is to sort of enjoy yourself. That's the reason you know people get into entrepreneurship. I think in many cases. Alternatively, if you do feel compelled to try to kind of fill the nine to five or or whatever hours it is you're working, I personally find that, you know, knowing that, like you said, that things are kind of automated, that things are kind of running, it allows me to remove myself from being that cog in the wheel and look a bit more strategically on what's going on in the business. You know, I'm sure you've heard about, you know, hey, try to work on your business, not in your business. And I think automation is one of the sort of powerful things that allows you to remove yourself from being in the business and start to kind of have this bird's eye view, you know? So whether it's, yeah, cup of tea or board games with friends, or it's just kind of thinking a little bit more strategically about what's going on in the business. That's kind of the reward of of automating and freeing up your time. Cool. Well, I would be uh, remiss if I didn't talk a little bit about content snare and learn about how that could maybe free somebody else's time who's listening to the show. Tell us a little bit about the software and the problem that it solves.
1: Yeah, sure. So I was actually thinking about this earlier. It's just like I feel like every bit of software fill falls into the automation category in some way. Like it's the same concept. You pay some money to get some time back. (laughs) And Content Snare is no exception. So it is made for digital marketing agencies, predominantly to collect information from clients. So I said that earlier where We started off with web designers. Web designers use it to collect website content from their clients at the start, you know, and it automates the follow-up sequence so that they remember to give you their content. But the big key with Content Snare is that it makes it easy for your clients. That's what we found over years, certainly three years of building this product. But the biggest change we made was to make the client UI like dead simple. And and this is another like, I guess, tip, not necessarily related to Content Snare or automation, but... If you're gonna ask your clients to do something, it's gotta be dead simple. Like they're paying you to make your their lives easier. So don't make it harder by like saying, Can you please log into this project management system and do XYZ? You know, like they need to click a link in an email and here's all the things that they need to do, right? Like no login, all that sort of stuff. So these are the things we've learned <laughs> over time. Like, you know, we've removed the login from Content Snare for clients or optionally, and then made it we spent four hours with on the text on two buttons. So that just to make sure that clients could not misconstrue what they meant. So yeah, making things easy for clients. But yeah, that, that's what Content Snare does. Uh, it's now used by like accountants and real estate agents, all kinds of people to collect documents and files as well.
0: That's super cool. I'm going to I'm going to push back just a little bit on one thing that you said. And you said that I think that all software is you know essentially automation and stuff. And I think that, that automation is almost like the uh, the nirvana of software. It's like the where the software is trying to get to. I think that a lot of software is time-saving stuff, but only really, really good software has achieved, you know, automation. And I'll use my my old one as an example: Ninja Outreach. So in Ninja Outreach was uh, an influencer marketing software, and it was like you would do prospecting and outreach sort of in one. And it saved people a lot of time in terms of being able to find influencers and run a campaign and outreach to them. But it didn't really automate the entire thing, or even really half of it. Somebody still had to sit. And they had to search through influencers and they had to do prospecting and they had to review the profiles and stuff like that. And in a true kind of automation nirvana state, like Ninja Outreach would have found you the exact influencers to work with and crafted the message for you and basically queued that up. And maybe all you would have needed to do was approve and review it and kind of send it out. And that was one of the struggles that we had was that we hadn't really reached that automation state. And people sort of signed up thinking that this was not going to take a lot of time. And the reality was it saved them a lot of time, but just not enough. So I think that anyone who's a software owner out there, this is my message. Think that nobody really wants to use your software. They want the result of use of the software being used. And so how can you basically achieve this like perfect level of automation? You're a software owner, not me anymore. Do you agree? What do you think? I will have a counterpoint on that. Like, so like automation...
1: There's always a time investment. You know, there's a big problem with Content Snare as well. People expect to sign up and then they just click a button and it'll request all the content from their clients. But, you know, everyone's process is different and they need different bits of information. So you need to set it up, right? And yeah, so you take the time, you set it up, an hour's work now is going to save you, like in Content Snare's sake, it could be literally hours, every project of following up and like trying to collate the content. It all comes down to the same kind of thing. And, you know, I would even say Ninja Outreach had an element of automation, not to the, maybe not to the client size, but maybe they just weren't looking at it right, because, you know, it's obviously going out there and scraping all the influences and putting them into a list that the person did not have to do, you know, so that part was automated behind the scenes. And that's kind of why I say all software is some kind of automation, because it's done that behind the scenes, they didn't have to do it. Yeah.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. We, we will agree. Uh, we will agree to disagree. Yeah. I think we're kind of talking the same language. Yeah. Nevertheless, guess who disagree with me? Do not get coasters. Sorry, Jimmy. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes, so- I agree. <laughs> too late too late cool man this was a great talk i love to hear about the productivity the tools how we can all use these to really improve our lives and our well-being for people that want to learn a little bit more about what you're doing where should they go to find you how should they get in touch
1: yeah so contentsnare.com for the product and jimmyrose.me me me (laughs) for the uh for the productivity and automation site. And there's a YouTube channel as well. You search jimmyrose.me, I should show up or just uh, jimmyrose.me YT and it will direct you right there. That's pretty much where I'm putting most of my content these days. It's much easier to demonstrate automation workflows through video.
0: Totally true. cool, awesome. Thanks so much for being a guest on the show and dropping some knowledge bombs for us.
1: Cheers, Dave, that was fun. Is your sales team spending too much time researching leads and accounts? We take over all the labor-intensive sales development tasks so your team can focus on building relationships and closing more deals. We don't just build lists. We take a strategic research-based approach to find your team qualified leads every day. Ready to start? Schedule your free consultation at taskdrive.com. That's T-A-S-K-D-R rive.com.
0: Thanks for listening to the How We Solve podcast. Dominate your market and crush the competition with our step-by-step playbooks. Subscribe right now in your favorite podcast player or visit howwesolve.com.